Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. My name is Rosemary Petrus, Senior Journalist at FS Sustainability, and welcome to the Greener Way. From December 12th, workplaces will be legally required to manage psychosocial risk in much the same way as physical risk meaning workplaces can be held liable for sexual harassment and gender-based discrimination, and investigations can be made regardless of whether a complaint has been filed. Here to answer all your burning questions is the new Sex Discrimination Commissioner, Dr. Anna Cody. Anna has a distinguished career as an academic and lawyer specialising in discrimination and human rights, working on cases involving domestic and family violence, LGBT plus discrimination and the stolen generation. Welcome to the show and congrats on your new gig. Thanks very much, Rosemary. It's lovely to be with you. Please introduce yourself, your preferred pronouns and the role of the Sex Discrimination Commissioner. So my name's Anna Cody. I've been in this position since September 2023 and uh, my preferred pronouns are she, her, A little bit about uh, the role of Sex Discrimination Commissioner. I, uh, along with the team at the Human Rights Commission, am responsible for uh, gender equality and the administration of the Sex Discrimination Act, as well as discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity and intersex. But I construe that broadly around LGBTQI plus issues. So obviously there's a lot of work to do in Australia around gender equality and LGBTQI plus issues. And clearly I can't do all of that work either on my own or with the team. So it is picking particular areas in which I can have some impact around uh, equality and that my predecessors, uh, there is a, a large volume of work already on foot, which is around uh, respect at work, the national inquiry that was held and particularly the experience of sexual harassment of workers. And there's a, a body of work to try and ensure to prevent that from happening as well as to respond to the incidents of it. So the new changes to the Sex Discrimination Act are coming into force on December 12th. Tell us what's changed. So it is a really monumental change to our law coming in on the 12th of December. And what is so exciting about it is that it is shifting the onus and the responsibility for sexual harassment as well as other sex-based discrimination, harassment and hostile environments, that it's shifting that responsibility for dealing with it from complainants, which until now have really borne that heavy responsibility of making complaints, to to employers and um, persons conducting a business or undertaking. So, that means that rather than having that responsibility on complainants. And we know from the last national survey that only 18% of complainants actually make a complaint. It's shifting that onto the the organisations that have more resources to prevent and to actually eliminate that unlawful conduct. So Mm -hmm. it's taking a much more systemic approach and a preventative approach. And why are these new laws important for financial practitioners to be aware of? And how do they affect non-financial metrics for investors? 
So they are really significant for investors when they're choosing where to put their resources and where to invest. And that's because the reputational risk for companies that don't uh, comply with that positive duty. So sexual harassment and the unlawful conduct that is covered by the positive duty can have a, a significant impact on the reputation of an organisation and also whether or not the organisation has the social licence to continue to work. Also, if there are, if it if the the company is not taking the appropriate steps that it needs to, then there may be individual complaints, which then the company will have to pay legal fees to defend or to deal with or pay compensation payouts. So all of those things would then impact on the profitability of an organisation. Um, the other thing that we know about uh, organisations and their success, both financially uh, and also within the social and environmental governance way, is that diverse organisations and organisations where workers are respected, are included and that are safe are actually more profitable. So we know that um, where there is that sort of diverse and inclusive workplace that they are also more efficient, they're more productive, they've got more innovation and particularly around gender equality that when we have more women participating that that ensures that better decisions are being made as well. So it really would boost the productivity of the of the company. Uh, so that's one of the other pieces. And I guess finally, just for investors themselves, if they're part of a company, then institutional investors, they are also bound by the positive duty. So they need to make sure that they're complying with that positive duty that comes in on the 12th of December. What's the purpose behind the idea of a primary prevention and early intervention approach? And what does a proportional preventative approach mean in practical terms? Yeah, so the the positive duty that is the way in which we think about this new change to the law from the 12th of December, it requires all businesses or organisations to take reasonable and proportionate measures to eliminate those unlawful behaviours. And so what, what that means is that the response will be individualised. It will be mm -hmm. bespoke to each business or undertaking. So the particular circumstances will shape mm -hmm. what measures that the organisation has to take. So whether it's a large organisation, how it runs its business, for example, their resources, their financial or, or human resources, for example, the practicality of introducing particular steps or any other issue that will impact on that um, key test of reasonable and proportionate. So the, the we understand that businesses might feel um, unclear about what exactly is required. So the commission, the Australian Human Rights Commission has developed some really great resources, mm -hmm. some fact sheets for small businesses as well as for medium-sized and large businesses and some guidelines to help people uh, understand exactly what's required of them because it isn't a one-size-fits-all. It really is a tailored response that each business has to come up with. And what's the distinction between sexual harassment and other types of unlawful behaviour? Yeah, that's a really um, good question. So sexual harassment is unwelcome conduct of a sexual nature. So that includes individualised someone being propositioned, for example, or making unwelcome sexual comments or uh, sexual touching. All of those sorts of things would be sexual harassment. 
whereas sex discrimination is treating someone less favorably on the basis of their sex. So, for example, not giving someone a promotion or not hiring someone, then that would be a clear example of sex discrimination. Mm -hmm. Sex-based harassment, which is the sort of new and quite exciting uh, development, and that overlaps a little bit with the hostile workplace environment on the ground of sex, it's where there's unwelcome conduct which demeans a particular sex in circumstances where a reasonable person would find that uh, offensive, humiliating. So, for example, putting up pornographic pictures. Mm -hmm. So, it's not directed at an individual, but it creates a hostile work environment or it could be considered to be sex-based harassment or even making comments that are sexist in nature. So, women are bad drivers, you won't be able to drive that forklift because women can't drive Mm -hmm. forklift trucks or um, men don't survive well in childcare centres. They really don't have that nurturing nature. So again, those sorts of comments that are almost that everyday sexism that you that, that women can experience and, and men too. So some of the stereotypes that we associate with men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some of the other examples of, of how you could create a hostile workplace environment or that there might be sex-based harassment. Mm-hmm. Thank you for explaining that. And to talk about the consequences Um, According to Safe Work Australia, mental health cost companies 30 weeks of work compared to six weeks for physical injuries in 2022. Now, some workplaces already report on psychosocial safety and some are beginning to integrate it into remuneration metrics tied to physical safety structures. What are the consequences if workplaces don't comply? Yeah, it's a really good point. And I think that even in workplace health and safety laws, there is much more of an emphasis on psychosocial safety. Um, So there are quite uh, significant consequences for an organisation if they don't comply. Um, The Commission has a power to inquire from if they receive any information that makes them believe that there is unlawful conduct. But the commission will obviously choose which organisations, employers, um, industries that it it chooses to focus on. Mm -hmm. But if the commission finds that a duty holder hasn't complied, then they can issue a compliance notice Mm -hmm. telling that organisation what they need to do to make sure that they do comply. And then if they don't then obey that compliance notice, then the commission can go to the federal court Mm -hmm. for a court order to actually order that compliance. So then there's significant consequences for any uh, business or organisation that doesn't comply with the federal court order. And in terms of what that looks like for workers, the new rules are trauma-informed, strengthen worker protection and improve accessibility for underrepresented groups. So what path of action is available if a person believes that a company is not doing their part to prevent these behaviours? It depends what exactly has happened. So they'll always, there's still alongside, there's always the, the pathway of making an individual complaint if someone has directly been um, either sexually harassed or experienced sex discrimination. So they can make an individual complaint, but if they're concerned about the conduct of the company themselves, then they can also raise that issue with our positive duty team here at the Australian Human Rights Commission. And then we can use that to weigh up whether or not we then 
conduct an inquiry or the action that we take. So, for example, if the if a worker is really concerned about that, then they could also raise it directly with the company, but they can certainly raise it with the commission and it can form the basis of us making a decision to inquire. Okay, thank you so much for that explanation. Today, we've been hearing from the new Sex Discrimination Commissioner, Dr Anna Cody. Thank you so much for your time today, Anna. That's a pleasure. Thank you for the chance to have a good conversation. I'm Rosemary Petrus. Thank you for tuning in to The Green Away. And make sure to send this episode to your peers and colleagues so that they can stay abreast of the new laws. Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you like today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allenbackis. The Greener Way podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greener Way podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.